I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. And then sometimes, every now and then, we like to take a look at what we think might be regarded as a classic film to determine why, in fact, it may be a classic. And that is just what we're doing this week as Josh chose Rashomon from 1950. So let's get straight to it. All right then, Josh. So Rashomon from 1950. Mm. Spoiler warning, listeners, if you've not seen this <laughs> 73-year-old film, yeah. is that now? Yeah. yeah, if you've not got around to it yet. You've had your time. You We've given you, you had enough had chance, chance for this. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, spoiler warnings, listeners. This is a spoiler-fueled zone. Uh, so, Josh, do tell us, what is Rashomon about and why did you pick it? So, Rashomon is a film by the very influential Japanese writer-director Akira Kurosawa. Uh, he uh, made this film in 1950, as you've already said. It is essentially about three men who are, I think, a priest, a woodcutter, and just I think he's just credited as commoner. So, just a just a, a guy, just a guy <laughs> who are talking in a monsoon um, in shelter about the story of a samurai who was found murdered in the nearby forest. And they all are recounting different versions of that story in terms of what they think happened, what they saw. And as it goes along, it explores sort of elements of truth and who is telling the truth and perspective and that sort of thing. Um, why did I pick it? So, a few reasons, really. So, we hadn't done a classic film for a while. Mm-hmm. And I thought, about time I picked a classic. So, that's why that's why I picked this one. We also haven't done many non-English language films. I think we've done Solomon and Gainer yeah. and Funny Games. And oh, other than yes, that, I can't games, think of, of one. Course. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of one we picked. So, I thought, I, I want to do more. And I try and watch more foreign language films. Where mm-hmm. I don't like to call them foreign language films. I try and call them non-English language films you know what i mean but but anyway films that aren't in english i try i try and watch them where i can you know things like so so things like i love things like life is beautiful and and, and stuff like that um so that's one of the reasons another reason is so you pick runaway train uh, yes I and did. that was written partially by kurosawa oh quite near the end of his life i think as well um certainly you know 20 odd years after he made after he made this so I knew he was an influential director. I'd seen this film mentioned a lot on certain directors' top tens and stuff like that. Oh, I think it might be in like Scorsese's top ten and okay. stuff like that. And I'd also read a little bit about it, you know, just for because because I'm obviously I'm interested in film and I've read about it in that sort of sense. And I know that this was an incredibly influential film mm. when it, when it was made. So, for example, I believe. 
this is just based on what I've read around it. It was one of the first, if not the first Japanese film to receive international attention. And it is often credited as the reason why the Academy Awards created the category best foreign film. Ah. Like to essentially give it to this. Yeah. Um, so I do know it's very it's very influential, which we'll come on to in a minute. In a minute. But um, winding it back a little bit, had you seen this one before? Had you even heard of this one before? I don't. I don't even think I'd heard of it. You know, um, mm. uh, the name wasn't familiar. The the director's name Kurosawa was familiar, mostly from though you talking about him. I'm not. I'm not even sure. And considering how much I love anime in that, mm. um, but I don't think I've really dived too much into sort of his more historic Japanese cinema. Um, so no, hadn't seen it, hadn't heard of it, but was very interested to watch it because mm. your your classic picks have been have definitely been interesting. So I had high hopes for this, Josh. I was excited going into this, for sure. Yeah, I quite often, I think, I suppose for my classic picks, I often go for films I think have influenced mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if that says what I see as a classic, because, you know, there are films that are classics, like like Predator and Terminator, you know, films that people might be a bit snooty about are, are classics, do you know what I mean? Lo- and loads of sci-fis and stuff like that, Star Wars. Aliens, loads of stuff like that is a classic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be, you know, for what of a better word, playing to an intellectual crowd or or, or anything like that. So maybe I, I don't know, maybe I'm just up my own ass a bit. But no, maybe I, I the was truth interested. can be true. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the main angle with this was it was its influence, but also I was like, mm. I want to I wanted to do it as well because it's foreign language. Yes. A non-English yeah. language. Because try I think trying to do more, horizons. yeah, trying try to do more, and it is, you know, it is old as well. It's not the oldest film we've done, mm. but it's it's old. It's um, I think the oldest film we've done is Great Dictator, which is forty two. Yeah, Me and St. Louis, it's forty four. Yeah, and this is fifty, so yeah. it's okay. not far. And then and then Gentleman for Blondes is fifty three, isn't it? So after, so yeah. so it's you know, it's a nice little mix as well, and it feels quite old. Certainly. If you yeah. told me it was from the 30s, I believe you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you could have um, told me this was, like, the second film ever made, and I'd have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's old as fuck, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you um, can tell, right? So, so um, you've not, you're not seen it before, then? No, no, I hadn't. Uh, so what were your what was your general consensus coming away from it? So starting with what we liked about it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, this one, because what I've written here is it felt more like watching a piece of art history. Sure than yeah. it did watching a narrative, like a narrative film, as in a, a film, again, for lack of a better way of putting it, that's made to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost, I felt, I feel like it almost transcends, you know, rating and reaction and that sort of stuff in the way it is. And actually, when I watched it, I didn't enjoy watching it that much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sitting there absolutely gripped. Mm-hmm to the narrative and yet after it finished i couldn't stop thinking about it oh interesting and i was just thinking about it afterwards what does this mean how did they do that Mm. and thinking about you know just again pulling on that thread of well this must have influenced so many things so let's talk about the, the main thing that this film is known for is the device use that it brings in which is that unreliable narrator. So you've got that idea of people telling the same story from different perspectives. And you think that has been used in so many different things, the same, the idea of the same people telling the same story over and over again. Um, So I I enjoyed that and I enjoyed looking at, you know, thinking, what must this have been like? Hmm. What must it have been like to watch this film and see that narrative for the first... It must have been mind-blowing. 
Because now we've seen that mm-hmm. done to death. You know, it's been in, it's been done in TV. It's been done in film. It's been done in probably done in video games. It's been done in in absolutely every form of media that we are sort of you know that we have for, for lack of a better way of putting it. So I thought that was that was really interesting. I couldn't stop looking at that. So that idea of it being multiple characters explaining the same event, um, I enjoyed the sort of sort of lack of genre as well. It's like, it's like a drama, but it feels like a fantasy, it even said, though it's it's I, not a fantasy. When I sort of had a little look, it said it was a psychological thriller, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I suppose <laughs> it's that's not um, that's not not true not not <laughs> true just, no but i i i don't really know what it is but it, it it's it feels quite fantastical in places mm. even though it's not so enjoyed that way i enjoyed things like the camera and the lighting you know the way it looks the use of lighting is is, is incredible considering it's all natural lighting so it's all being done with well, not lateral lighting, but it's all, you know, it's not CGI. So it's been doing, you know, this film has been restored. The version yes. I watched has been restored. So it's yeah, not same. even what we would have seen in the cinema. It's probably a slightly enhanced version yeah, of what you would yeah, have yeah. seen and stuff like that. So, but that, that use of, that use of lighting, I think, to, you know, for things like, they're obviously using things like foil and natural sunlight and that, and that sort of thing. I thought that was really good. There's bits where it's, it's the camera use is really discombobulating because it's, because it plays around so much with perspective. You think there's bits where what you're seeing is what the, what the, what the, what the character is seeing. And it's not, it's what is looking at the character. So people are like coming into view and you're, you think you're looking at the world through their eyes. I don't know if yeah. you got that. Did you get that? Um, I don't. I don't really think I did. No, I didn't feel that when I was watching it. No. I got. I got a few bits where I thought I was looking at the forest or whatever through that character's eyes, right, yeah. and then they would come on screen, and I'd be like, "Oh, right." I thought I was looking at the world through their oh. eyes, and actually, I'm looking at them entering. They they are entering their own version of that story, mm-hmm. which I thought was 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 really interesting. Um, you know, there's bits as well where they. They, they're talking to the camera because it's all set up as if it's a sort of trial. And I'm not entirely certain when this is set, but I think it's set in the sort of 1800s, mm-hmm. something like that. But there's times where they're, they're, they're talking to a judge or a police officer or a, a, a something like that. And they're talking to behind the camera. Mm. And it feels like they're talking to you as well. And again, mm-hmm. I wonder if it was one of the fir- first things to 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 do that. Yeah, um, that was that was just to touch on that now because you mentioned it. That was one of my favorite things about the whole film was sort of how those sequences were filmed, and like the looking almost directly into the camera or just behind it sort of thing. So because the policeman character, you never see him and you never hear no. him. It's then suddenly like, well, the audience are actually the ones that are going to pass judgment, or it's up for them to make up their minds based on these people's accounts of it. And I just really like the way all those sequences were filmed and a lot of the framing used throughout those. I thought was really clever as well. So because you've got a few different people recounting their tale of their version of the events, you've got the person telling the story in the very sort of for in the very front of the frame, and then you've got the other people kind of sitting behind them in the background, sort of to the right and that. And it was all just framed really interestingly and, and felt more like a painting at times than yeah. a film, which I thought was interesting. Um, anyway, sorry, do continue. No, but that's what I mean. It, it didn't feel like I was watching a film. It felt mm. like I was watching a piece of art history. And I don't mean that in a pretentious way. I mean, it mm. It felt like I was watching a device and 
a, a process unfold mm. before me rather than, you know, gentlemen prefer blondes, we both really liked. But there was, was definitely a laugh. A, it was a right laugh. laugh. <laughs> and, it, and there was definitely a formula to that. Yeah. Great dictator, we both loved. Mm. I don't I think we both expected what we got from Great Dictator, which yeah, is that I lovely, so. that, that lovely blend of of silent cinema moving into talking cinema, mm. the mix of both, the political commentary, that sort of stuff. But this was weird. It was like something that you go and see in a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I did. I thought it was really interesting. So I thought there were some really great performances in there as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to do my best to, to pronounce this right. But to, to Shiro Mufuni, who was the yep. bandit. Yes. I thought, I thought, I thought he was, I mean, the energy he had when he was on screen, I couldn't stop watching him. Mm-hmm. He was unbelievable. He was, was so unhinged. Yeah. And I believe his, again, because I don't, obviously because of the time this was made, I don't think he ever particularly made the transition into mainstream Hollywood or anything like that. I think it was very much back in the day of, he made Japanese films. Mm-hmm. Whereas even now you do have actors. I mean, one of the biggest sort of Cantonese actors at the moment is the guy who plays Shang-Chi's dad in the MCU. Oh yeah. So, so it's like that. That shows that those worlds are they're still a little bit separate, but they're blending together a lot more than obviously back in the day when when this was made. But I thought he gave an astonishing performance. Like he is, he's, he's he uses energy so well. Sometimes he's absolutely unhinged, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then another time he's really quiet and still. But whatever yeah. he does, you can't stop watching him. So when it starts, when he, he hasn't said anything yet, he's just staring at the clouds. Mm. And he doesn't say anything. And if you cut that to times later on in the film, he's just giving, he's just giving it beans. He's so <laughs> unhinged. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 he, I don't know. I just thought he was brilliant. He, he's itching all the way throughout it because obviously he's a bandit. So presumably he would be living wherever he lived. He wouldn't be living in a house. He'd be living, sleeping rough or sleeping in, you know, squatting or whatever he'd be doing. So he's, obviously struggling with the the heat and the humidity. So all the way through, he's sort of itching and you start to feel it. You start to feel that humidity and that discomfort that he's feeling. And you think, yeah, I'd be a bit, I'd be a bit mad <laughs> if yeah. I was living in a, in a humid... I mean, I, I hate the humidity, Alice. I'm not great with it. I'm not great it. with it. No. It's the worst. That's <laughs> worst. It's the worst. Anyway, anyway, so I thought he was uh, excellent. Again, Machiko Kyo, I hope that's right, but I thought she was excellent as the wife. Mm. The wife of the character, the samurai character, I thought that was really good. And then just generally speaking, the whole thing, the whole thing felt like a weird, back to that use of genre again, that a weird fairy tale or like a weird Aesop's fable or a parable or something like this. If you told me this was a, a story from the Bible, now I know it's based on, it's based on two stories. One I think is Kurosawa's and one I'm not too sure who it's written and how old it is. But if you told me this was like a story in the Bible, you'd, you'd, you'd feel like it was, wouldn't you? So mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Interesting uses of music as well. So again, mm. I know that you you don't like music that sort of informs how you're supposed to feel, do you? That you feel it's a bit telegraphed a little it, bit. It, you honestly, should feel like this. It just completely depends. Sometimes yeah. there is music that is like that and it works. Other times it does not. Like I remember, obviously, going back to Runaway Train, the music mm. used in that is kind of trying to inform how you feel. You know, it's very tense, it's very fast, it's all this action, it's dangerous and all that, but it works for me. It's just in certain things, you just, there's a real knack to it. It's ineffable as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what makes it good. I don't know what succeeds, why it succeeds or, or when it doesn't. But sometimes it just does my head in and sometimes it just doesn't. But I did, I really enjoyed the music in this. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. No, I did. Even things like, when the wife was telling her story, the music was really based in 
wood instruments and flute. And when the bandit was telling his story, it was all seen to be drums. Mm-hmm. The stuff like that I really know. And you know that that is obviously a conscious choice. And I think because I know it's so influential, I was then watching it through that prism of, well, I wonder if that's why... I was thinking this that is. I was doing I that. Why, so. I wonder why that's every, why this is. I like wonder why every, that, every yeah. camera movement, I was like, oh, were they the first to do this <laughs> camera movement and all <laughs> like, that? What, yeah. And from what I could see, the main reason it was influential was that, that, uh, that device, the mm. perspective device. So I don't know if all the other stuff and the way it made was why it's influential, but you can't help it. Can you? It's like, once you pull on that thread, well, how, mm-hmm. how far do you go? Cause it clearly is very influential. So overall, yeah, I, I, it's weird. I almost didn't enjoy watching it, but I did, but I really appreciated it. I wouldn't be in a rush to go back and watch it. If you mm-hmm. told me I had to watch it again, I wouldn't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So really interesting. Like I really, it was one of the, Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tougher viewing experiences, but almost like, I don't know, I came away from this like I'd had a good session in the gym. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. and you think that was really hard, but that, yeah, yeah, I was in gym gear. No, um, <laughs> need a shower. No, yeah, um, you, know when you, you know, when you think that was really hard, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's yeah. what it felt like. But anyway, I've, I've rambled on and on. What about you? What did you think about it? I mean, really similar to to kind of what you said. It it felt like a play. It felt like a piece of art. It almost felt like I was looking at a painting at times. Like, yeah. and it was 
exactly like what you said pretty much I didn't enjoy it in the conventional sense and it was it was like I was watching it to study it and like I was watching Mm. it as a case study sort of thing like there wasn't really anything about it that sort of pulled me I didn't feel like I was in the world and I didn't really feel connected to the characters or anything but it, it was it was more like oh this is a piece of history here you better pay attention and you better watch what's happening it was that sort of thing mm. um so yeah very similar to you um so you've you've touched on a lot of the stuff there that i really appreciated about it but the standout things for me uh some of the camera movements and the framing of the actors so you've got what feels like a lot of really ambitious camera movements here for the time like there's loads of actors just like running up and down mountains and stuff and the camera just seems to be flying along with them and so when you comprehend the size of cameras back then i just feel like i was like how did they do it are they even doing it what tricks did they use how because they've obviously not got that camera like swinging up and down the mountain or whatever to capture them running so I was just like oh that's so impressive how did they do it Uh, so that was really enjoyable I really enjoyed a lot of the camera movements um already touched on the framing there but yeah when the guys are giving their confessions I really enjoyed that whole sequence uh, those sequences sorry because it goes on for quite a while I thought they were really strong and and really gave you an opportunity as the viewer to kind of be a bit more interactive and think, well, do I believe this person? Does Mm. their story seem legit? Like what about them makes them the believable candidate, that sort of thing. So I enjoyed all that. Um, My favorite character was the bandit. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. His (laughs) performance, I was so drawn to him instantly because he just enters the screen with a bang and then it just doesn't stop. He's so over the top and his physical like the way he physically expresses himself and some of his facial expressions. He was just such a scene stealer. And like exactly like you said, you can't take your eyes off him. Um, there's quite a lot of silence in this film as well. So really reminiscent of silent cinema. So particularly when we're in the flashback moments. So a lot of the time the film is kind of just trying to let the action and the music do the talking. Um, and there were also times where it reminded me, like I said, of a play. And especially at the beginning where you've got the three guys at the beginning what did you say there were sorry there was a, so a I think i think it's a priest a woodcutter and i think the other guy is just credited as the commoner the commoner so the priest so the woodcutter and the commoner like a, are like all a, sitting like around a peasant, like someone who yeah. wouldn't work he was just just there <laughs> just a guy so <laughs> you know before the, the, jobs alice yeah. you know like <laughs> <laughs> um so when they're all kind of sitting around at the beginning having their conversations the way they interact with one another and the way that the camera moves around them really felt like a play like the way they kind of mm. position themselves they sort of positioning themselves forward and there would they would be like a lot of over the shoulder conversations so instead of like the maybe the actor in the front turning round to speak to the actor behind him they just have the conversation sort of forward facing so again just really theatrical and really like you were sat in the theater watching it um and just finally, I thought there were some there were some really strong moments of tension building, especially towards the end when the husband and the bandit start fighting each other for real and they have a bit of this standoff sort of thing. And there's this really long moment where they're kind of squaring up to each other and staring right down into the camera and stuff like that. And I thought this was choreographed really well and executed really well as in as really well as well. And it was probably for me the most the most um sort of offered the strongest emotional response from me Mm. and that I could really feel the tension in those moments. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. And I've got a feeling that I know how this is going to go and we're going to sort of have pretty similar responses to this. But uh, go on, Josh, you pick the film. Anything that you didn't like or that you changed? 
There's not, not really. No, I mean, I've, I've, made, it. I've, I've made notes again. It's that it feels like that whole thing of art is worth as much as you'll pay for it. So it's like, mm. I, I don't, what I like is my, you know, but then, you know, it's opinion, isn't it? That's the whole point. So one thing I would say um, is, is inevitably a little dated at places in places. So it is a little boring in places. It's all dialogue. Mm-hmm. It is like watching a play, but I, I love going to the theater. Well, obviously, having those actors in front of you in stage is vastly different to watching it on a screen. Yes. Where, and again, this is why I like going to cinema. Why I like going to the theatres because, as much as I, and I, I won't speak for you, but we are slightly older than the, the the smartphone generation. I.e., mm-hmm. we were. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I didn't have the internet until I was like fourteen, something mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. so I don't have the attention span of people who can't watch films and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But. I'm still ruined by having a phone in my hand. Yeah. I'll still find myself being like, I wonder what uh, the score of the game is. Mm. <laughs> what, you know, whatever. Which is where I go to the cinema, I'm like, phone going off. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the phone in the cinema and you listen to this, stop listening to this because you're a prick. Oh, and, um, can't bear it. Can't yeah, bear um, it. <laughs> you don't deserve this content. I know. I know. Why pay? The price of cinema tickets these days as well. Why pay to go to the cinema to then go on your phone? And then, Josh, last time I went to the cinema, oh my God, the two people next to me did not stop talking. They did not stop talking. And we went to the fancy cinema as well, right? So that's expensive. Those tickets are expensive. What are you doing paying all that money to come and sit in the dark to have a chat with each other? Go do that at home. Go go have a meal. It's the same price. Go Go and have a meal. Go and have yeah. a coffee. Do you know what oh, I mean? Just sod off. There's that. So yeah, if you're going to be in it, right? Okay, I get it. Some people have phone, have jobs or circumstances where they have to have the phone on them. Little area of the cinema. Fuck off over there. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you belong at the back. If you're going to talk in the cinema, nah. Don't even. Why are you nah, there? Absolutely you not. There anyway, anyway so I was a little bored in places, but that mm-hmm. might be down to my 2023 attention span. I liked the music. I did like the music, but it was a little distracting in places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's to do with the restoration. Mm. But there was times when it felt like it was louder than it needed to be, okay. more intense than it needed to be. So on the one hand, I liked the use of the type of music, but on the other hand, I was a little bit like it was a bit distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing is, at one point at the beginning, now the events of this film detail a murder and a possible rape that's very very horrible and i know you can't quantify this but one of the characters goes oh what happened was worse than war that's probably not worse than war (laughs) like it's bad i know you can't quantify like what is one bad thing against the other sure yeah yeah but like like a war war's quite (laughs) bad like millions of people and that includes you know, if you think of war, you, you, you're lumping everything in, aren't you? It is, yeah. Lots of you know rape I mean? happens in war. Oh, like, bad stuff. Man, bad times. But, but so, so, but I might just be picking, overall, I really, really enjoyed it, but almost not as a film. Yeah. In a, in a really, in a, in a weird, yeah. well, it's weird, isn't it? And we've mm-hmm. both had similar reactions and we didn't mm-hmm. watch it together or anything like that. So, so what about you then? Was there anything you particularly didn't like? Just the baby at the end. I was uh, like bad, ba- bad fake baby. I was bad, no, but I was just like, "What's this doing here? Like, <laughs> where did the baby come from? What is the baby's purpose? I didn't get it. I didn't Out understand." Of the only just happening. heard it. They've been what, like, in that who, same who bit. left it there. Yeah. Like, it was just really. It felt, and I hate using this word, but it felt really random. Like I was like, <laughs> and suddenly you, at the end of the film, there's a baby. Do you think it was? Do you think they sort of went? with the script i'm sort of exploring the nature of truth and the nature of good and evil here so i need a thing 
to demonstrate <laughs> right. the positive. Obviously, the whole point of the baby is the priest takes it and the woodcutter says, I will take it. And the priest's yeah. all shocked and recoiled. Yeah, the woodcutter's like, just not told a him, woodcutter. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's also because the woodcutter's just told him he, he saw the events of the film, I think, mm. and didn't do anything. And then the priest, and then he says, I have six children. It won't be much more to feed another mouth sort of yeah. thing. And the priest says it sort of restores his faith. Mm. So he says to him, it's, you've restored my faith in man or words to that effect. Right, okay. So, so it perhaps, sort of just needed to... Just yeah, so, so yeah, so they put a device in there to be like, we're exploring the nature of good and evil in man and this is the thing. But mm-hmm. I know what you mean. It felt a little bit like hamstrung in there. It was a bit... It could have been there at the start. Could have been there at the start. Yeah, maybe. And then and then maybe that's like an ongoing sort of turmoil that those characters have throughout this whole film as well. Kind of like, mm. oh, who's going to take the baby? How do we decide who's going to take the baby? Whose baby is it? Where does it come from or whatever? So I think maybe if that had been, if the whole sort of narrative around the baby had been sort mm. of elongated and developed a little bit more, it might have been a bit less odd. But it was literally like the film's coming to its conclusion now and then, oh, but here's a baby, and we need the guy to say, oh, but I'll look after the baby. It was just a bit like, huh? So it felt a little bit like plonked on the end, it like a post credit scene. <laughs> it was a bit like that. It was a bit like that. Rashomon so... 2, they look after the baby. So... <laughs> Three men and a baby, exactly. <laughs> the wood, a woodcutter, it sounds like a woodcutter <laughs> priest, the commoner. They'll find a baby. They'll find a baby. Hilarity. Why ensues. are you pitching this? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apart from that, not really anything. I think it's difficult because I wasn't watching it or absorbing it in the same way that we do sort of usual films. It was quite a different viewing experience. You get different things out of it. Um, so in terms of anything else that I didn't like, I don't really think I could name anything, to be honest. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception in a moment. But before... I move on to that. I believe we have the triumphant return of Alice down the rabbit hole. So, Alice, take it away. All right. Okay, here we go. Strap yourselves in, listeners. So, for this rendition of Alice down the rabbit hole, first of all, we're going to apologise in advance for any bad pronunciations, and then we're going to dive deeper into the life and times of the actor who plays my favourite character, the bandit, Toshiro Mifune, a man regarded as one of the greatest actors of all time. Toshiro was born in 1920 on April 1st in Japanese-occupied Shandong, and his maternal grandfather was a high-ranking samurai official. As a boy, Toshiro helped out at his dad's photography studio, then at age 19, was drafted into the Imperial Japanese Army Aviation Division, where he served in the Aerial Photography Unit during World War II. After the war, it seemed like Toshiro's intention was to embark on a career in photography, but after a series of events, he found himself doing a screen test for director and screenwriter Kajiro Yamamoto, who was Akira Kurosawa's mentor. When Kurosawa inevitably set eyes on him during a talent search, he apparently said, I am a person rarely impressed by actors, but in the case of Toshiro Mifune, I was completely overwhelmed. Toshiro has been credited as originating the roving warrior archetype which would inspire some of Clint Eastwood's performances. Many also consider him to be the first to master the Yakuza archetype due to his performance as a mobster in Kurosawa's Drunken Angel. With roughly 170 credits for feature films to his name, Toshiro died in Tokyo in 1997 from multiple organ failure and in 2016 was posthumously given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. (gasps) Imagine if your granddad was a samurai. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. My granddad worked in a pottery factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one my other granddad ran a leisure centre. 
That's adorable. My, my granddad was a miner. Yeah. And then my other one, my mum's dad, I don't really know what he did. That's he the Welshest thing I've ever heard. I know, yeah, he was North Wales, <laughs> the mine in Mostyn in North Wales. Um, my, yeah, my maternal grandfather, I don't know. I, I know he did some Could kind have been of a acting samurai. and stuff. Uh, but no, I don't know. Maybe he was a samurai and maybe that's why I don't know because it was all kept very, very secret. Okay, then we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Now, obviously, Alice, you haven't seen the critical reception Mm -hmm. and it's always difficult with a classic because what we're trying to decide is, is it a classic or not? But we'll go through the critical reception anyway and see if it's fair. So, I I mean, because the thing is with the classics as well is presumably most of them have all been rated way after the fact. This, that's the tricky thing, isn't it? You'd like to know what people thought at the exact yeah, time. Yeah, at the time. At the but time. We're probably and, not going to get and that. And was this reach? Obviously, we know that this was well received because what I said at the start about best best foreign film and all that sort of stuff. But uh-huh. how do you think it did critically, and how would you sort of rate it? I mean, I reckon the critics fucking loved it. I reckon this is all like right up their street. I reckon they got their dicks out, started jacking yeah. it right there. They were like, "This is fucking it was the 50s. Anything, anything went in the fifties, <laughs> didn't it? So I reckon the critics loved it. Audience probably like lukewarm um, response to it. I think what I would give it, obviously for the time and what it's achieving, really impressive. Maybe like a high seven. Uh, mm. In terms of cinematic enjoyment, maybe like a middle six. Mm. Um, but what I think it got, I reckon it probably got, a, I'll say it got a low eight. Okay. Kind of averaging out. I'll go 8.3, make okay. it specific. So then if I'm right, I can I can quote about <laughs> I can that. Your bets. Your bets. Okay. Mm. At the time of recording then on IMDb, it gets 8.2 out of 10. Oh my God, so close. Close. <laughs> However, over on Rotten Tomatoes, Alice, I'm afraid uh-huh. to say for you, but not for the film, the audience give it 93%. What the and the critics give it 98%. Wowza Rooney. So well, look at that. 91% average on, on, on 9.1 wow. out of 10. So, you know, it's a 9 out of 10 film according to those averages. I mean, look, it's not... The, the critical reception isn't really relevant to these classics, is it? Is that fair? Hard to say, isn't it? I don't know if I'm the right person to judge. And, and I feel... Like, I feel like it isn't my place to, which is weird because this is a film review podcast. Um, but it <laughs> you feel feels a little bit like, like you're looking at the Mona Lisa going, nah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. You need, the problem is you need context, I think. And, mm. and I, I, I wonder if some of the context is missing on us as two, you know, British people in 2023 watching a Japanese film from the 1950s. I don't know. Um, but it... It's if if what you're saying kind of about the unreliable narrator, if you can clearly see the kind of ripple effects and what it did sort of start off. And it said then obviously about Tashiro being like considered one of the greatest actors of all time and this sort of helped him along to there. So I think on paper, a lot of the stuff is there. If I was to watch this in isolation and you asked me, does this deserve to be a classic? I would probably say no. Mm. But I think on paper, then yes, probably. So we're in a bit, I'm in a bit of a sticky spot there. What about you? I think no, I agree with you. I, th- I think I probably liked it, generally speaking, a little bit more than you. Mm-hmm. Not loads more though. And I think you're right. I think that the thing is, is that it's 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 reaction is wrapped up and intertwined with its own legacy. Mm-hmm. So you can't say about would it be good if it wasn't for the influence it had because mm. that's why we picked it. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe that answers the question. Unlike any other of the classics we've done, perhaps that answers the question. So let's try and say that, even though we're not qualified to say in any way because of whatever. But I mean, for me, I, I think its legacy, its influence on film, it's there to see. Mm-hmm. I think you can't, I don't think there's any way you can say this isn't a classic. It's perhaps not a classic that people aren't sticking this on on a Saturday night. Probably not. Probably not. Maybe like nerds, Alice. You know, <laughs> I'm not sticking this on. I'm going to watch uh, football. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, um, I think that it it's almost exists outside of ranking a narrative piece of cinema. Yeah. I think you I think it's like a piece of artistry and I think it's influenced just from even those films we talked about there. The influence it's obviously had on some of the biggest directors in the world now and past and present and probably future. Um I think it's it's there for it to see. I don't think there's any way you couldn't say this is a classic. What about you? Yeah, I I agree with you. I think you you've put it quite well there, quite eloquent and I Thank think you. Cheers. really yeah, you're welcome, Josh. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh yeah, I agree. So there we go, another classic film done, another classic film that definitely deserves to be a classic. I'd say if you like films and you want to see how films happened in terms of history and mm. where things, you know, how how things are influenced now, it's definitely worth a watch yeah. um, for your film buffs out there. I think it's definitely yeah. worth a watch. Anyway, Alice, mm. I'm guessing probably a slightly change of tact. Oh. Josh, I wonder if there could be two films more oh, opposite of each other. Oh, God. Uh, okay, so it's your, it's your turn to pick next week. Yay. Rashomon 2, The Rashomoning. Um, no, no, no it's three men and a baby. Yeah. It's obviously Rashomon <laughs> it's 2. That's what they were going uh, for. Common man. Uh, no. uh, what are we watching <laughs> next week, mate? All right. Okay, here we go. We're going to have a laugh. We're going to enjoy it, or we're going to be completely horrified. And I love that those are the two, those are going to be one of the two outcomes from this. But for next week, we are going to be watching John Tucker Must Die. Okay. 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 John Tucker Must Die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, tune in next week then for John Tucker Must Die. And we'll be talking and digesting that about whether, whether did he deserve to die? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Does he die? Don't know. Uh, or do I? Um, anyway, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, it's films on that pod at gmail.com. Drop us an email. We always like to hear from you. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for just films and that, you'll find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're always putting stuff out there. So engage with us, follow us, uh, drop us a DM if you're going to recommend a film. We will be having another list of suggestions soon. So do mm-hmm. drop us a message. Um, we're on Patreon as well. So if you'd like extended episodes, episodes a little bit early or a couple of the little bonus bits head on over to patreon and look for us there the link is in the episode description here any support you can give us massively appreciate but you know what it's just great that you listen um we're also on the television as well aren't we alice we are indeed every friday from 6 p.m you can find us on the local tv network so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview i'm also uploading all of our little episodes onto daily motion so if you're Head on over there and type in just films and that, you'll be able to find us. But otherwise, that's every Friday from 6pm, me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us, all that stuff. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week for John Tucker Must Die. Excited Mm -hmm. for it. Um, It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.